Well, I'm going to hit record. There we go. All right. Dan Duran's here and uh, Fred and myself. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from the long weekend. We're just uh, making sure that uh, everything is. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. Because this would just be our luck, you know. Today's the day that, you know, a bunch of people are going to tune in and, and actually try and listen to us live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure more, more people, of course, will download this. Right. But there's a there's a live curiosity today. Gee, I wonder why. Because of the storm. <laughs> That's right. I I was out of town for the storm, and where I was uh, south, I guess west of London in uh, St. Thomas, Ontario. It, it it just rained like crazy in the middle of Saturday. But I had nothing like the stuff that was going on here. Did you have any problems in Brampton, Frederick? Uh, some tree branches down and what have you. Uh, that was it. Lost a uh, a birch tree. I uh, had to eliminate yesterday. It snapped in half. But that was it. And Dan Duran was telling me that there was devastation outside of Peterborough. Yeah, there's devastation everywhere from Peterborough over to, to Ottawa. To There's all kinds of little communities like Lakefield uh, uh, just outside of Peterborough. It, you, you, there's a highway you can drive down there. Even in Peterborough, where I am right now, uh, the power lines snapped. Uh, the power poles have snapped halfway up, and are only the top part of the power line is held by whatever's left of the power lines. It's they, they're saying it's worse than the uh, the ice storm of uh, many years ago. And don't touch those lines. Eh? <laughs> That's right. I know, like I know, yeah. you like to go out and touch things. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dan's a curious things. bear. Um, yeah, and there's there's areas here in Peterborough that still don't have power. And I, I'm, I'm here at girlfriend Lisa's place because she has power, and up at the lake there is no power, no internet. So is it weird for you, being a trailer dweller, that when you come in and, and you're actually back in a home, is it odd? Do you do you, you want to? I do go to that around wondering where the uh, what's the uh, what's that thing you guys have where they pull out the poo from your trailers? What is that called? <laughs> The honey wagon, the honey wagon. I don't know what you people do up there in the, sucker in the wilderness. Mm. Oh, yeah, the pump out day. Yeah. The pump out day. Yeah. You're like Lisa. When's pump yeah. out day? And she's like, Dan, this is a home. We have There's toilets. So we have sewers. <laughs> I wasn't in Brampton when the storm hit. I was up at the park, and, uh, and what was that like? Our, par- our park, uh, park's like in two sections, and where we are was relatively unscathed. A couple of trees, but the main part of the park um, devastation. Almost, you could you could use the word destroyed. Really, we don't even know with the power infrastructure when we'll be able to go back there. It may be weeks. Are you guys serious? Like you're not going to yeah. be able to go use your place? <clears throat> well, you can go use it if you want to use it without hydro and maybe water or whatever. But uh, wow, yeah, it's sad. A lot of and again, a lot of those stories. A lot of people lost their trailers and out of rooms and. Cars were smashed in the main park. Again, this isn't ours, but uh, sad. A lot of uh, the summer's over for a lot of people because of COVID. No, uh, they can't get inventory on trailers or parts, so they're going to sit there for months. And, and, and hang on a second. So, are we talking about your place too? You can't go back up. No, we could, Howard. But the but, thing is, there there won't be power maybe for weeks, and it's oh, very unpleasant to be there without power. Well, that sucks. You know, for a city slicker like us, like we had to come home quickly Saturday night because of the long weekend. The kids coming up, we had like three to four hundred dollars worth of groceries and two fridges. It was going to perish. So, uh, yeah, 
But in time, that's just one story of many that people have to tell. Well, I sent you guys. I, I sent you guys a, a picture of my friend Paul's place, who took care of Stan on the weekend. I picked up the dog yesterday in the middle of the day, and I I, I couldn't believe it. I've never seen it's a hundred and fifty foot tree, and the root bulb, as I was saying to you guys before, I said, you okay over there? <laughs> wow. You all right there? <clears throat> I'm sorry? Yes, that was on the, yes, we heard that. Well, I hit mute. Well, you should have hit it harder. <laughs> no, no, well enough. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's no, right. I'm a professional. <laughs> I don't care. I just thought that's funny. I've never, ah. Um, anyway, the, the root bulb's the size of a small, like, shed. It, 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 I've never seen anything like it. And, Dan, you were, when you and I were talking on my way home from London, I couldn't believe how, like, west of Toronto or west of the GTA area, was so uh, unaffected in the same way that you guys were. But uh, where my friend is, which is just north of Brampton, was there was a lot of trees down, a lot of stuff, a lot of power out. The type of storm is called uh, derecho, I believe that's how you pronounce it, a derecho, uh, which is uh, like a whole bunch of little microbursts and thunderstorms lined up like an army. And it, it just swept across. If you saw the radar pictures of, of what was actually happening, it's just front this just blasted through and kept going and going and going. Like, think about it from from Toronto to Ottawa. It was that long. Had yeah, it's crazy. That long. Uh, well, all right. I, I, I was sort of in my Florida room. It's just crazy how these storms work, too. Dan's beside me. He had an umbrella up and out in this little bistro thing on his patio. They were untouched. It's unbelievable. And maybe 10 meters out from those, there were Adirondack, Adir- heavy Adirondack chairs flying through the air and trees coming down. It's really bizarre how it works. And, and you know the thing about a freight train? They say it sounds like a freight train, like tornadoes. It was crazy because you could hear it coming. And it, that's what it sounded like, a train in the distance. Jesus. Scary, scary stuff. Um, all right. Well, uh I'm sure a lot of people are listening live and they're thinking, hmm, did I listen live so <laughs> I could hear these three guys talking about the storm? Another hey, weather report. <laughs> it's another weather. For people who haven't heard us for a while, what we'd like to do is we'd like to start the first <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes just talking about the weather. Was it good? Is it going to be good? When will it be good again? But today, of course, uh, you know, one of the, well, there'll be a couple of main themes, but uh, let's get started with what I will call. The Curious Case of John Derringer. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, Brampton, and from the part of Peterborough that has power, and is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Hush Blankets, Relaxacare, and our newest returning sponsor, Draft Kings. And now, here are two men who relax in massage chairs and hang out in front of big screen TVs wondering what it's like to go without power for days. It's Humble and Fred. Uh, thank you, Dan Durand. Uh, I had my uh, kids uh, uh, over, my children and their partners, and everyone took a turn in the chair. Something else. It's funny because, as I've said, both of you have had this experience. Like, someone will just sit in it like... Almost to humor the old guy and uh, be like, just to try it out. And then just sit there for 20 minutes while we all stare at them. 
anyway, welcome everybody. It is uh, the 24th of May. On uh, Saturday night, I was out for dinner after the first round of this golf tournament that I was participating in when I started to get texts from several people about the curious case of the morning man at Q107. And uh, for the next uh, 90 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about this, as well as the death of a friend of ours that is... uh, you know, I've got to tell you, it's a drag. We've known this guy, Andrew Crystal, for a long time. We're going to talk about him. And uh, we have uh, a guest schedule today, and, and it's sort of a, one of those, you know, sometimes luck just goes your way. We had uh, a regular, we've had a regular visit from Jackie Delaney, Jackie Budden, who is now working in the Senate. She works for a senator. She was scheduled to come on today, and she's our guest, but she's also part of the story that we're going to uh, relate today. And it's going to be, I think, of interest to people. It's got a lot of different elements. But to start with, what I wanted to say uh, on behalf of both of us and Dan too, but this isn't going to be Humble and Fred, sour grapes, you know, uh, a chance for us to, you know, I don't know, extract a pound of flesh. This is just our... We're just going to explain our version of what we saw and what we've known for a long time. And as I said on a post to Gene Belaitis, I said, you know, come on, Gene. This has been a Toronto radio secret for a very long time. So that's kind of what we're going to do. And we're going to set it up this way and just kind of relay the information the best we can. What do you say to that, Freddie? Well, that's it. Uh, As you say, it's no surprise. And anybody (laughs) that claims within the business... That this is a surprise is bullshit. Because, again, as you say, a dirty little secret that's been out there. And, uh, you know, there's been a cast of characters and en- enabling this guy for a long time. And now the story's out. Now that some of these women have stepped forward, we can only, you know, give them a little bit of a voice. Because they don't always get a voice, you know. Often they're ignored. And uh, the true story doesn't get out. And uh, now we know it. It's been exposed. Yeah, I don't even, I'm not even sure where to start. Like I said to you before the show, you know, Jackie Delaney is somebody we both worked with. Well, actually, you, you said to me, you, you actually never worked with her. But she was in Jackie? The, yeah, did she, was she in the, in the, it was that standard, uh, the, I can't remember, the second or third time I was there. But I've sort of worked directly with her for a while. I don't know if she was in the building when you and I were in the building, but. She's somebody that we've known, and she's a great broadcaster, and she was just part of a, a parade of women that went through that morning show that were, you know, very affected by it. Mentally, emotionally abused. Uh, when you hear the stories, and there are stories, it's almost sadistic. It's it's sad. It, yeah. it really is, and... Uh, yeah, it happened, and uh, a lot of people above him, you know, they often say the enablers are as guilty or worse than uh, the perpetrator. And that may be the situation here. A lot of people have Derringer stink on them, and they know it this morning. And there's going to be a lot of people wiggling over the next few days because they knew it was happening, and they saw these women crumble before their eyes and did nothing about it. I'm not sure where to start because we were in the building. You know, it's funny. We we were sort of protected. You know, for a long time, 
we worked at a, a single radio station, sort of aside from all the other stations. You know, we at first in Brampton, and then when we moved downtown, it wasn't until we all... It was. I, I kinda, I'm going to think the year was 2000 or so when we all got thrown together when Chorus bought Wick and Q107 and AM640 became part of the Chorus family. And for about six months, we worked at Young and Norton. And that was kind of our first exposure to the, the vibe of the place. And then we all moved back downtown to Young and Dundas on the 16th floor. And that's kind of where our relationship with that morning show and all the people that we're going to talk about this morning, that's where it sort of began. And I remember, you know, listen, you know, we were sort of, again, kind of protected by the business a little bit because we weren't really around a lot of other radio stations. And I remember saying to you, and I know you won't remember this, but I remember after a couple months in that building and seeing the behavior mm-hmm. of this individual, I said to you, wow. I had no idea I could have been even a bigger asshole. <laughs> and, I, and I remember saying, like, I, I didn't know, I didn't even know you could act that way. I mean, I, yeah. and I, I was a bit of an asshole, but I, I didn't know you could be that big an asshole. Mm-hmm. Because I, we, we just had never seen behavior like that. Well, I had a history. Well, you did, too, with Craig Venn. Oh, yeah. Who was his producer at that time. And remember, we'd sit in the, in the Mojo Studios and look down, and we could see the Q Studios. And every so often, we knew music was playing. He'd be standing in the room, like, pacing back and forth, and his arms flailing, and he appeared to be ranting. And it was like, wow, I wonder what that's about. Is that show prep, or is, you know, or something crazy happened to him on the weekend? And then through certain discussions you would have with certain people, you would find out that, no, that's one little thing happened, and... He'd lose control. Uh, and those people still have scars from that. Yeah. Well, Craig Van, they, they you yes. know, mm-hmm. Craig was, what was his nickname? Lobster Boy. Lobster Boy. And, you know, a lot of the, w- what's come out now is obviously driven by Jennifer Valentine and her video and all the other women is supporting her. Mm-hmm. And when I say all the other women, I'm saying all of them. There isn't one woman. Not one that's worked with him that doesn't have this story, including Maureen Holloway. And she's going to there's going to be there's more story to come. Um, But it goes to Maureen, Jackie, Andrea Ruse, Jennifer Valentine and uh, somebody that I will talk a a little bit about later who's given me permission to use her name. But it all goes back to that time where we all kind of came together. And, and I said this to our buddy Lumbee yesterday. I said, you know, my dealings with him, and I could say probably the same for you. He was always very, he was always very, um, I don't know what I'm not the word, but he was very fine with us. He never, to our faces, he was always fine. Just which adds to the slime ball of it all. Like a phony, really, because we knew that wasn't the story behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. His attitude towards us. But, you know, I, I, th- this is very <clears throat> fitting to be because, because this, this should be John Derringer's legacy. Because this is John Derringer. You know, all the, all the infatuation by program directors and general managers who were caught up in whatever that was. 
overlook this stuff. This this is the legacy. Yeah. This is what it was about. And, and it's too bad because he's, you know, he's, say what you want, a fine broadcaster who built a great career professionally. And this is the way it appears it's going to end. Deservedly so. I'm glad you said that because, you know, I, I, I didn't want the hour and a half that we're going to be on here or whatever, hour 45, to be just us going, all right, you know, here we go. Our chance to, you know, say what we've always, but we've been saying this. Here's the thing. If you've heard any of the thousands of shows we've done, we're not going to say anything today other than giving some of these women's story of voice. We're not going to say anything that we haven't said on the show, told stories about, you know, the Andy, uh, what's his name? Andy Frost story. We've told it. We've told it multiple times on the show. It's not going to be a surprise to anyone how we feel about this. You know, and there's just a lot of things you think about. And I remember back in 2010 when I was program director. I told you that. Program director. Was that 2010? I had no idea. Well, I remember I working. You know, J.J. Uh, Johnson had become the general manager and, uh, again, who was infatuated with John Derringer, um, telling me that Derringer had just signed this new big 10-year contract and they made a big deal out of it. Now, in retrospect, I look back and I thought, you know, a 10-year contract worth millions of dollars. How does that not turn you into a nice guy? Like... You know, it's uh, to me, it's often like we've said about Donald Trump. He could have had it all. All you had to do was be a nice guy. Yeah. His life was set. Why continue to be miserable and inflict this this abuse on other people? I just I don't understand it. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's for a psychologist. I don't. You know, and, and, and again, I'm glad you said that we and I, you can speak for me. Respect the guy as a broadcaster. You can't help but understand, you know, as, as guys that have done this job, yeah. there's no doubt that he's good at doing this job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll play you some audio from a story they did on Global last December about the good he's done. You know, that's what's really weird about this, that he's raised all this money for victims of abuse and it's almost like you think well and again uh, maybe what you said is it's it's part of the psychology of a psychopath that you know in your heart you've been abusing human beings and i was gonna say craig i don't know uh, craig left there because he was under so much stress Mm -hmm. so it's not just women but I was watching that story this morning, the clip you sent me, and he's raised a lot of money for a lot of people that have benefited from him. Yeah, but Howard, again, that has some stink on it because you know, and you know, in the strategy meetings, it's this is out there about John. We know we're aware that he's done that. The women that he's done it to are out there. What's a good way to counterbalance that? Why would they pick that? That. <laughs> Charity, maybe. No, and you're right. I mean, it could be. It could have been as overt as that, but it doesn't negate the fact. I'm just trying to say, there was good done, right, in that arena. I watched that story again today, as I said, and I was like, wow, you know, isn't that what? Obviously, yes, somebody either did it overtly or inadvertently, but somehow a lot of people benefited from his personality and his profile and. 
But I want, and again, I feel bad for those people today, the people that yeah. he was like honorary chairman of Abuse Hurts. All these stories come out today. How do they feel? You know, they're left looking. Well, what's the word? Silly. Um, yeah. Betrayed. And, uh, and think about and, the. And, and that clip you're talking about, I mean, he looks in the camera and talks about people being abused and he can't imagine what it would be like or uh, it's oh, yeah. it's something it's it's quite the acting job and and i when i was watching i'm gonna play some of it now when i was watching it i had this thought of the people that i know and you and i know and and again we know maureen holloway and andrea ruse and jackie and others and i think what when they saw that or when they hear about that mm-hmm. like that's got to turn their stomachs uh, so much has been going through my mind too because you know the bullshit that women have to put up with anyway um, and I was thinking of uh, Jennifer Valentine's like her husband or, or her dad they know they're going through this you just want to go down there and oh yeah confront the guy <laughs> no I know but I know. you can't because you know they're they're, the women are so afraid they might lose their job or, you know, be embarrassed through it. I, I Listen, back when Melanie, my daughter, worked at Much Music, there, there was a culture there that took hold. And the women there, that worked there weren't very popular. And she went through hell and she used to tell me stories and be crying, actually. And I wanted to go down, this one guy in particular, I wanted to go down and confront him. Mm-hmm. And then she, of course, Dad, you can't do that. Of course, I wouldn't have, but I wanted to. Of course. And I just think of all the people connected to these women, what they went through to watching the people they love suffer through this because of, because of the behavior of some, however you describe it. It's right. Something. Well, you know, it's funny that dad instinct. <laughs> One of my kids last night was talking about somebody that was, you know, screwing them over for a couple hundred dollars that they owed them and i said well, you, do you want me to call them you know it's my first your first instinct you let me know yes you let me know when you want daddy to call uh but then that's a great point that you know we know some of these women but we, you know i'm imagine the people in their families and their husbands and fathers it must have just been again you know and jennifer valentine being a professional broadcaster this is the thing when we when we get into the actual story and and why Jennifer Valentine, I think, was sort of the the tipping point for all of it because she had profile going in, and we'll get to that. Uh, this is and what she's actually filed a complaint with the Canadian Human Rights Commission on gender discrimination. So again, this is going to make the people at Chorus and Global or whoever they're all going to be squirming today. Oh yeah, yeah. There's it's it's on so many levels. You know, it's not just the person, it's the enablers, it's the corporation, it's, you know, it's all of it. And, and again, you know, like we were around this scene for a long time. I don't know, why are these guys coming back here, entering the waiting room here? Hang on a second. We were around it for a long time, but we haven't been around it for a long time. Uh, just wondering why, Mike, Mike, why are you popping in there, bro? I've been trying to phone you and text you all morning, but you went live to the wrong Facebook page. So oh, I see. Can... That's why. So it's not too late. So right now, just stop streaming to your personal Facebook, but let the Facebook 
watchers on Humble Howard's personal page know. Of course, it was moving to the Humble and Fred page. Of course, it would just be you. Can you go on my Facebook? Of course, the the one fucking day that you know we've been doing this for years. Yeah, I know. That's why I put that note last night. Like. Just get it right. But now, so I phoned Dan and asked Dan to pop on. Yeah. But then it took so long, I decided I'll just pop on. Okay. So I've stopped live streaming. It's just, you know, it's just, it's fine. We didn't, we didn't blow too much here. But now I can uh, tweet to the universe that a little later than expected, but they're there now. So just start live streaming on Humble and Fred and I'll disappear and listen. No, no, stay here because I got to figure out how to do this because I'm going now live on Facebook and now it's not letting me. It says continue. Yeah, it's going to be the same as normal now once you stop, once you hit stop. So it should be the same. I have the... See, I, I, I checked it. It's fine. Fuck me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna do, I tweeted it, and then I realized that you had to be your friend to see it, or the link doesn't work. So I've been inundated with messages. I tried checking okay. both, and I phoned you a couple of times, Howard. But Share to your zone. page. Share to your page? Share to your page, yeah, and then you pick Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred Radio, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was, you know, so 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 humble and Fred luck. Actually, well, you were probably nervous, and then you weren't thinking when you. Did. Yeah, I was very nervous. <laughs> I could hear it in your voice. It's a serious subject. Yeah. Okay, now is it streaming live to our Facebook page? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'll go like let the universe. Know. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you guys came back because I was just like, why are they coming back? Dan must have wondered why was Mike phoning him like he never calls. Yeah, him. that's just <laughs> he never calls me. That's or just brilliant. <clears throat> okay. All evenings. Okay. Bye, everybody. Peace oh man. Better All right. late than never. Okay. Peace and love. All right. Lumby's now talking here. Boone just anyway. Well, the podcast will have everything we've just said, so at least I recorded that. Are you angry with me? <laughs> no. Why would I be angry? Nothing you can do about it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so now we're back on our Facebook page, which is fine. And again, most people will be listening to this, you know, later. So, uh, anyways, I was saying we were around this scene for a long time, but we haven't been around it for a long time. And uh, so it's, uh, again, I don't know. You mentioned a few names that are the principals there at Chorus now. I don't know who those people are. I don't know who the vice presidents are. I don't know who the general managers are. Well, there's a guy like, uh, you know, who... I said the big shot there, Doug Murphy. Now there's Brad Phillips. There's uh, a lot of people that obviously knew this was going on mm-hmm. uh, under their watch and uh, chose, you know, it gets down, you know, it's, it, it's the way of the world now, right? It's money over matter. It just, it, it just is. That's a big revenue generator. It's like, we can't screw with that. And listen, it goes right down the line, you know? I'm really surprised, though. I'm surprised, actually, about a few things. And I wanted to throw this at you. When you and I were talking yesterday morning and I got off the phone, I thought to myself, you know, I I wonder, are you surprised it took this long? Because I am. Given the um, 
last 10 years, the Me Too movement. I'm just surprised that it was allowed because of what you just said. A lot of money involved. He was being paid a lot of money, and you don't pay somebody a lot of money unless they're making you a lot of money. So I was just thinking about that. Like, it took a long time. It took Jennifer Valentine, as of this weekend, to speak out mm-hmm. publicly. But that's why my heart breaks for them. Because what they go through, again, emotionally, psychologically, but professionally, too. And today, I think, really represents a turning point. Because before today, it would be like, boy, if I go public with this, nobody, maybe nobody else will want to hire me because they'll think I'm a rat or, you know, I talk too much or I overreact. Well, today is a turning point for that. Because yeah. any of these women now, I don't think anyone would hesitate to hire them because of the sort of collaboration, you know, four different people, five different people, all the same story. And again, this isn't a he said, she said, yeah, there are witnesses to this and we know who those witnesses are. And I don't know if they're going to lose their jobs through this. They sat in a room and watched this happen. You know, so it's not like. You know, oh, I'm being accused. She's making it up. I mean, it's it it was witnessed. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I went and looked at some of the comments on Derringer's Twitter, which I don't know if they disabled it by now. But yesterday there were still there were a few men on there. Yes. And there were a few men obviously saying, you know, these women, it's uncorroborated. Are they fugly? Saying all Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Of course. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, for 2022 times, it just seems so out of touch. And again, that whole thing about attacking the women and their credibility. Well, we're talking about people like Maureen Holloway. We're talking about Jackie Delaney, Jennifer Valentine, and others, Andrea Ruse. These aren't, you know, these aren't, you know, this isn't some intern that was spoken to inappropriately. These are, you know, professional heavyweight broadcasters. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I know that there's a few people that will be coming out in the next few weeks and months to, uh, to month or so talking about this on their own. And, you know, this is just our chance to talk about it today. And, you know, like, again, we have our own Derringer stories, which we've told on this show. Yes. <clears throat> but again, I, I'm I, I'm glad this ultimately will be the legacy because there's nothing more aggravating for victims is to see a guy like cruise into retirement and be celebrated and get the big retirement thing, which would probably coming in the next few years and the accolades and the Hall of Fames. Oh, yeah. And they have to sit there and suffer maybe for the rest of their lives because of the abuse they suffered. Well, that's not going to happen this way. No. This time. It's not. Because, you know, uh, we know, they know, and there's witnesses. And so many people within chorus suits know it, too. They know it. They know it now. And I got to be honest. Some they of knew the, it then. They, they knew, knew it, it then. Even, even people we work with, even some people, that we honestly, liked. Howard, yeah. that I looked up to. Now I look back and think, wow, really? Yeah. You know, and a lot of them signed, um, I believe, non-disclosure agreements oh, yeah. to that extent. Okay. You know, you got to leave or we're going to give you this, but you got to sign this thing. You can't talk about. Don't talk about Johnny. You know, we can't let the world know about Johnny. 
Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. We worked for him. We were in this scene together, you know, our morning show. You know, here's the... I'll just tell you something I remember, too, that it always... I found curious and aggravating and weird. So we did mornings on Mojo. We were on from 5.30 till 9. And the next show after us on Mojo was one hour of Derringer. And I remember going to our boss and then I'm like, you know, you know, I'm a pretty competitive person. Maybe you've noticed. I'm like, I said to one of our bosses, I said, this doesn't make any sense. So we're going to say, hey, coming up next is the morning guy from the competing radio station. Let's, I don't, I, I, we, we used to have to, do, they're, they're called crossovers where, you know, you mm-hmm. sort of speak to the next host for a couple of minutes about what's coming up on their show. It always made me uncomfortable because I'm like, if it were, if the, I remember saying this to Stu, if the tables were turned, that fucker wouldn't want me on his show. Mm-hmm. It's like at the end wow. of our broadcast, we have to promote the the guy who's also opposite our broadcast tomorrow morning. And he would come on for an hour, and I don't blame him. I don't blame John Derringer for one ounce of this. He would come on for that hour and promote his show the next day. <laughs> I know. So he was basically using that hour to take listeners away from the Mojo Morning Show and direct them to his cue. <laughs> it seemed crazy. And, it's, and not only so to add insult to injury, not only is he doing that, but then we have to talk about what's coming up on his show, which is promoting his morning show. Anyways, that always irked me. There were other things that irked me, too. You know, I, I was uh, I was just surprised. You know, I just didn't understand it's a, a whole level of megalomania. And believe me, you know, I'm a megalomaniac, so I recognize it. But there was just behaviors that never, I never understood. And then I got to know some of the women that we're going to talk about. And one especially is a friend of mine. And I had no idea, something you said a second ago. I had no idea. And this is somebody I've known personally for uh, quite a while. And somebody who's, you know, uh, I worked with very closely. And I found out something yesterday from her that I had no idea. Ten years this woman has been in therapy. Had been in therapy no longer. But to get through this. And I said, you know, I had no idea, sweetie. I had no idea that it affected you the way it did. And that's times all the other women. Mm -hmm. Like this woman was in therapy because of a a guy that just mistreated her. But as what you said, too, about all those guys we worked with, they knew it. They fucking knew it, man. Of course they did. And, you know, and, and maybe it's why I was never going to uh, was a good manager. And maybe you wouldn't be like easy for me to sit there and say I couldn't do that watch a person go through that and then cover it up. But I, I'm sorry, I couldn't. You know, I back in the early 2000s, I used to have a problem. Remember chorus values? And they were right up on the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are the chorus values we all have to maintain. Well, yeah, they were applied to some, but not others. And admittedly, not that we were pricks in the halls or anything, we probably would have been above them, too, because we were revenue generators. But what we knew was going on in that room was not chorus values, but it was overlooked. But if somebody a little more insignificant, that's a horrible word to use, but true, insignificant to the revenue stream broke a chorus value. Well, they were, their feet were held to the fire. They had to answer for it. And I used to see that thing on the wall. I just wanted to rip it off and throw it away because it was just so ridiculous. But again, it's just it, it's part of the structure. It's been... 
Again, women have been going through this forever. And, and, and you're right. It took this long. Yeah, it's 2022, and we're having this conversation. This has just come, you know, this has become like common knowledge now. It was inside knowledge. Now it's common knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I'm only smiling because I still remember you and I. What, what Fred's talking about is that in the lobby of uh, six, uh, the, on Young and mm-hmm. Dundas, there was literally the chorus values. These are the things we hold. to. We, mm-hmm. These are the beliefs about being yeah. an employee at chorus. And we would walk by and go, really? Doesn't apply to that fucking guy. And maybe yeah. it wouldn't have applied to us, but we just had no idea. Again. You know, I had a bit of a prickly reputation, but I had no idea. I mean, I was a, a, a baby compared to that. But I know that always irked you. Um, you the you, other thing. You learned, evolved, and adjusted. Yeah, but the other thing you said, too, is that, you know, you want to talk about the legacy. You know, just remind everyone, again, I've told this story in the podcast, but I, had, I was emceeing. I, I did stand-up and hosting the night that the, uh, you know, Voldemort here got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And even then, you know, I was talking to Ryan and I found out later that he didn't like that. He didn't want Ryan talking to me. Like, this is like, this is like a movie star level. Like, you hear about this with movie stars. You don't often hear about it with local schmo radio Mm -hmm. hosts. But the kind of behavior he displayed, and and some of it was directed at us. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of it was. Some of it was so bizarre. We thought at the time, well, that can't be real, <laughs> but it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that whole Hall of Fame thing. What do they think this morning? Yeah. All those. Because anybody, anyone who has got that award, now it means less. It's sullied. I'm now in a group with that guy who's done this. What do they do? Do they withdraw that? You know, it's like... Uh, you know, it's like uh, Trump giving the uh, 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 Congressional Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh. It's like now now all of a sudden, everybody who's ever won that award, it's like, what? I'm in that group? Like, OK. Yeah. Uh, there's, again, a lot of people squirming today. No, you're right. And uh, like I said, too, they, this is just the beginning. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a ripple effect through the industry and like nothing we've ever seen. Like, this is our Toronto radio, you know, me too moment in a way that is this isn't just some guy that worked at a a station no one's ever heard of. This is one of the most and again, to his credit, one of the most popular radio hosts in the city's history. Mm -hmm. And they're just their chorus is not going to be able to walk themselves back from this. Okay. We are or, uh, listen, people not at chorus anymore. There's a lot of people we know that are going to be asked about this. Oh, what yeah. did you know? And I would love to be a fly on the wall to hear the wiggling and the excuses and uh, the yeah, buts or I didn't know. You know, there's a few posts that name all those managers. Pharaoh, JJ, they're all out there. All the managers, all those people that we worked for and around that were making excuses for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, you know, we we got Jackie uh, budding, uh, Jackie Delaney. You remember her from this market. She's coming up here in a second or two. And 
I know it's uh, we got to get some business done because we're going to be talking here for a while. So let's just start by acknowledging a lot of people have to come together to keep Humble and Fred in business because we don't have some big corporation. We're our own corporation. So let's start with this one, Fred. Hey, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefit, uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. Your small business can be part of this. 30,000 Canadian businesses part of it. Little, little small businesses all together. Uh, they create the image of a big company. So, hey, the premiums are doable. They're affordable, and they've done a great job of holding the line on them. We're talking prescriptions and dental and travel insurance and certain kinds of therapy, therapy including mental health. Yes. Sitting on a range. And uh, they've got an HR department as well that you can uh, use. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. It's on Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports, from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops. And so much more bets, special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action. Download the app and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. To celebrate the pursuit for the cup, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a wide variety of betting markets for all their customers. Right now, you can download the book, a sportsbook that is offering two-to-one odds on a hockey team to score a goal every day in May. You can also check out DraftKings' impressive features, including same-gay parlays, and select a game and combine multiple bets like which team will win, goals scored, and more for a shot to win big. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So get Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live, so go to the App Store now and download the Sportsbook app that is offering 2-1 to odds on a hockey team to score a goal every day in May to get in all the action. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call Connex Ontario. 1-866-531-2600. Please p- uh, play responsibly. And I'll just say it's great to have DraftKings back on the Humble and Fred show. And it's uh, great to uh, have uh, our next guest... Uh, return to the program for the last few months. We reconnected with Jackie and been talking politics. Jackie left the media, as she explained to us several times, left to go and work in politics. She's a communication expert, and she works for a senator. But how we all know Jackie is because we were in broadcasting together. Jackie, just good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Well, we're old, and that's why I can't remember. I was trying to just do this thing with Freddie. I'm like, I know I worked with Jackie, but when she comes on, maybe she'll remind me. So did, did you ever work on the show with me there at Standard, or we were just in the building at the same time? We were just in the building at the same time. You and I worked together with Freddie P. at to Dundas is where we worked together, because I ended up being put on your show for a few weeks while right. <clears throat> excuse me we're being worked out right hmm. okay so let's start at the beginning go ahead no i was just gonna <laughs> be clear um you were you were a guest on the show before any of this broke uh you were going to be a guest this morning we were going to talk politics as you so eloquently do yes uh, from time to time on the show but then some things changed 
Hmm. Something's happened. Something happened. Now, I don't know if you've been listening to us uh, before you came on. Um, I mistakenly started the live stream on a different Facebook page. It's back on ours. So I started getting texts Saturday night from several different people about what was about to happen. I hadn't seen the Jennifer Valentine video. Just to start with, and we'll get to your history. Did you know that Jennifer was going to do this? Do you even know Jennifer Valentine? No idea that Jennifer was going to do this. Um, No idea that that I knew her. I don't recall ever meeting her. I don't think that we've ever met in person. I don't believe we've ever spoken um, but apparently she was my Facebook friend and, um, but I, I had no idea. Like I said, I'd never spoken to her before that I can re- recollect. Right. Uh, someone who I have to give major props to for following this, uh, story even from a month ago is someone you guys know, Toronto Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike sent me a message with the video link included and just said, have you seen this? It was the first thing I woke up to on Saturday morning. And I watched it, and as soon as she's like, as soon as I saw her face, I knew what was coming. And I sat and watched it with my jaw on the floor. Yeah. Not because not because any of this was coming as any surprise to me, but just because I, I had a sense then that this would be the beginning of the end, finally after all of these years. And let's be clear: Why did you leave radio? I left radio, I mean, ultimately, I guess there were many reasons, but um, that was definitely the beginning of the end for me. On Saturday night or Sunday night, I actually was trying to go back and recollect what the timeline was because I'm thinking, no, I thought the Derringer thing was, I thought I stayed in radio for a few years after that, and I did. But I started piecing everything together again, and I realized that was the start of the end for me because when I left that show, I did I did go to CFRB and I was on mornings there for or on afternoons there for a couple of years. But then, if my memory serves me correctly, it was at CFRB that they asked me to then go on mornings after two years on afternoons. They asked me to go on mornings. And I had a very visceral reaction to it. I had a breakdown in the manager's office and just went, no, I don't want to do mornings. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize now, I think, I honestly think it was just left over from that awful experience. And the person that they were asking me to go on the air with, I would never put him in the same category as a John Derringer, but he was definitely crusty. And I just thought, no, I know I'm done with this. I don't want anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I ended up in Ottawa, in Kingston for 10 months and then Ottawa for two years, back to Toronto for a year, and then I was done. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think my career definitely took a different trajectory than it, it may have taken if it wasn't for that experience. So let's talk about your career trajectory because we were, again, trying to piece it together ourselves. We moved uh, Chorus, bought Key, I'm sorry, uh, Wick, in which owned Q107 and AM 640, and we all got... You know, put in the same barracks together. So when did you start on that show? And maybe talk, uh, talk to us about your experiences and how quickly it devolved into something that, you, you know, you were like, what? what the f- what's going on here? Oh, it devolved pretty quickly. Um, that's one thing I have to say about Jen Valentine. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with the fact that she lasted for two years in there. Like... That takes an incredible amount of strength and grace. And and it's a level of strength and grace that I clearly didn't have because I don't even think I lasted two months. 
um, it was within a few weeks. I had I had started in early in 2002. And Jackie, had, to, just clear forever our audience, what were you doing on the show? I can't, I, I can't remember if I was doing traffic and weather or news or a combination of both, but it was it was a it was a co-host position. Right. It's funny because to even say that, I know that that's the kind of thing that actually would send John Derringer over the edge is me referring to myself as a co-host. Mm. Because for him, it was like, you're not a co-host. This is my show. It's like, okay, but what else would you like me to call myself? Like, I, I, I'm sure you would love for me to refer to myself as nothing more than the, the ditzy broad. But no, like my position is a is a co-host position. No, it's not my name on the show. But anyways, that's the kind of thing that would send him over the edge. So I was I was one of the people on the Derringer show. Let's put it that way. Um and within a couple of weeks, he threw a fit on me in the studio off air. And it's because I dared disagree with an opinion of his on the air. And it's it's not when I say dis- disagree with an opinion, I don't mean I challenged him on the air. I don't mean I called him out and said, no, you're wrong about that. What I mean is he was relaying a story or a bit and I chimed in and took a different approach to it than he did. And that was a huge no-no in Derringer world. And don't get me wrong, guys, I've been I've been around long enough and worked with enough morning people to understand and enough other people to understand. There has to be a lead on the show, right? Someone has to take the lead and there's nothing worse than when the lead person has a bit in mind and they know the direction they're going in and then somebody in the room throws a wrench into it and takes the bit in a different direction and it's unplanned and it's kind of difficult to get the bit back on the rails or whatever i get that we've all been there we've all dealt with that you get off the air and you go oh my gosh dude sorry i didn't realize that's where you were going with that of course you don't throw a fit and start screaming in someone's face so close to their face that they feel your spit running down their face, which is what occurred with me. And to the point where the other person is fearful that you're going to strike them. And, and I mean, that's that's what was happening with me. It all came rushing back to me this week. So that, that first time that happened, was anyone else witnessing that? Yeah, the uh, technical producer and the intern who is now the person who's his co-host. No, of course. Um, So that first time it happened, did you think, wow, I must have really struck a a nerve here? And and then what happened in the aftermath of that? Well, I immediately went to management. Immediately. Um, Because I knew this was very different. I'd been in radio long enough to know this was very different than what I'd experienced with anybody else. And Jackie, and, let me just jump in. And did you have any prior uh, information? Did you had you heard of any other women's experience prior to working in that room? I had heard briefly um, about the, the previous person. Um, I'm going to put her name out there because it's it's out there, and she has spoken up on social mm-hmm. media. Uh, Andrea Bruce. Yeah, right. I heard just a little bit. I mean, Andrea and I had worked together at a previous radio station. I I adored Andrea. I adore her to this day. She's an incredible talent. Um, but I didn't talk to her about it. I okay. just I heard somebody say, "Yeah, Derringer and Andrea didn't get along," and <laughs> yeah. I just thought. Mm. Okay. okay. So, so yeah. sorry to interrupt. So now go back and say, 
tell us uh, you go to management immediately. This thing has happened. He's spitting, yell, he spit yelling in my face. And what did they say? Basically, yeah, you know, we got to figure this out. Now, keep in mind, this was 20 years ago, so my memories are a little, you know, I'm not going to remember specifics. But it was it was basically just like, yeah, you know, he's going through a rough patch with his girlfriend. It was it, it was just excuses, right? Excuses were made. And then it was like, you know, you got to remember it's his show. And, you know, you just got to pull back a little bit. It, it was all about what I could do and right. what I should do. To make it better and if I recall correctly I think I did go back in the studio and it was okay for a few days and then a similar incident happened again so eventually I was pulled from the studio and I was put in a news booth and I also immediately called foul on that and said to management no that's not what I was hired for I was hired for a position you know because I'm thinking to myself even if I don't last here very mm-hmm. long I want my career to be one where I can be an actual co-host sure. in a morning show and being in a news booth and just doing pre-recorded news takes isn't going to cut it on my CV. Right. Um, and then I remember one incident. So funny. I took off my glasses earlier. I'm going to put them on in honor of John Derringer because there was one incident where I was in the news booth and this is how childish he was. I was in the news booth and I'd gotten up to walk by and the studio door was open and I, I had just put on new glasses that day. I was just starting to go back to wearing glasses and I walked by and I saw him with Ryan Parker and I think the technical producer and he was in there going, oh, look at four eyes, look at her, she's so dumb. She's so... <laughs> That's the level of maturity we're talking about here or lack thereof. And it's. And don't get me wrong, like we we've all poked fun at each other in the studio. It's one thing to do it to the person's face and like you're part of the joke. But I was not part of the joke. I was the joke. And I went to management about that. And I I said to them, I go, I shouldn't have to put up with that. Like that's I know you think it's a little thing, but I shouldn't have to put up with that. The mockery. And I was I was basically just shoot out of the office like, oh, come on, you're just being too sensitive. I mean, right. imagine I, I can take a lot, but I was accused of just being too sensitive. You know, and you say it's 20 years ago and that is a long time ago. And people might go, oh, come on, it was 20 years ago, but it's 2022 and we have recent incidents exactly the same. Nothing changed over 20 years. And to me, that's the most fascinating part of the story. Manager after manager, PD after PD found excuses for this guy because he was a revenue generator. And listen, maybe you have to be in that position to try and do that balancing act, but I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. And it's just shameful. And again, as I said to Howard, we know a lot of those guys and people we liked. And to think that they were capable of sacrificing your your psyche, your your emotional well-being. I I, I don't get it, but they did it. They they did. Did, and they did it over and over and over and over again. And each right. one of us were made to feel like it was us right. and like we're the problem. Like there was and, something wrong with your approach. And if you only just understood and mm-hmm. then it would be OK. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, oh, it, it, like I said, it, it, it was what I should be doing rather than what he should be doing. Right. And, and so and you say you only lasted a couple of months in that position. Yeah. Yeah, I actually only lasted a few weeks with him. And like I said, I think the last couple of weeks were spent with me in a different studio 
And if, again, foggy memory, um, but if memory serves, I start, they reversed what I had been hired to do. So I had been recording stuff for your show and, yes. and live with him. And then they flipped it for the last couple of weeks. I was doing live hits with you guys. And I was pre-recording stuff for him. But that was just to get us through the couple of weeks. Like, we knew I was already mm-hmm. exiting. It was just, okay, what do we do with her in the meantime? But it was pretty, it was pretty early on that it was determined that I was leaving. We never, I, made, I, we never made fun of your glasses. No. Well, if you did, no, you did it to my face and allowed well, no, me to the, be part of the <laughs> Our thing was making fun of our own glasses. That's who we are. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you about a, something that somebody told me yesterday. And I, this is, I referred to this earlier in the show that somebody I'm very good friends with went through. She was one of the originals. And I said to her, uh, I said, I promise you tomorrow I'm not going to say your name. And she says, no, you go ahead. Just go ahead and mention it. I said, really? She said, yep, you go ahead. So Colleen Rushholm went through this. And she's the one that, you know, has had a, a lot of time and, and it was really... She was, you know, uh, affected by it. She she was in there. She was one of the original ones, if not one of the first ones. I remember. I said to Freddie, I remember looking in the the booth, wondering who is that because she was a young kid at the time. And what she went through, they they she complained. And she was all the HR stuff, and they sort of shipped her out of the the. She went from Toronto to Hamilton. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but she was on a trajectory that got interrupted by this. But she told me a story, and I, I want to relay this story and wonder if this happened to you. And what she had heard, and uh, she corroborated this with a couple of the other women, is that he would do something like what he you just described, the, the screaming in their face um, several times. And again, I'm only telling you, this isn't, I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying I heard it, but I remember her telling me many times that he called her a cunt. And when she complained, uh, again, there was like, you know, that's just John going through a tough time. But the story she told me was that several of the women he would blow up at and then send flowers to and say something like, hey, really sorry about that. Can we just keep this between ourselves? Wow. Okay, so that's really interesting. I didn't know that. I knew Colleen had been subject to at least similar abuse. Um, if for no other reason than, you know, you hear the rumblings, but also there was a Frank magazine right up that yes. um, that touched on it. I didn't know about him sending her flowers. That's insane. But it also goes to show you the evolution of, to use your phrasing, because I know it's a riff off his, uh, the tool of the day that he actually became. So what it sounds like to me is he was doing this. He was cognizant enough of it in those early years to say, okay, keep it between us. But that each time he got away with it because management would cover up for him, he got progressively worse. He has become progressively worse over the years. And that is on management. That's not on John Derrick. You're right. By by, by the way, the flowers continued with Jennifer from what Colleen (gasps) understood. Oh, no, that's an ongoing thing. And by the way, I'll just say this. Colleen was very, very young at the time. She was a sort of a new, very, very talented, very, very sweet person. Funny. One of the funniest people I've ever met in this business. And so I think she was 
so extremely affected by it because she was very, very young in the business at the time. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, the that anyway, I, Freddie, I interrupted you. What were we going to say? But uh, again, it's you know to, that he called her a cunt more than once. And oh, yeah. And went in and told management. We worked for those people and nothing was done about it. You, I mean, you talk about crossing a line. I get back to the emotional damage. Like, Colleen went home that night with that. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys knew that and didn't yeah. do anything about it. And the thing is, I'm not going to say their names right now, but I'm so pissed off and disappointed at that because I know who they are. But I want to make sure, you know, connect all the dots before I would say it publicly. Because I don't know exactly the years that she was there. But shame on you. And I know one of them right now is a consultant, consulting radio stations on how to, you know, be a better radio station and have great announcements. <laughs> That's right. Is this, is this how you do it, buddy? Yeah. Well, I is said this to- how you do it? Is this, is this what you teach them if you have an asshole for a morning show? You teach them how to cover it up? Is that what you're doing? Like, yeah, I wonder what the line is for the for the revenue that they must generate before your you know the the mm-hmm. cover up everything kicks in. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I've again not only have I known Colleen since those days, but I worked in this. I worked in a studio with Colleen. You know, and you're just in between songs shooting the shit. And I said to Freddie, you know, every time he would come up in conversation, I could see her bristle, and and you know, I didn't realize, and I didn't I didn't know until yesterday. That she had gone through so much therapy just to get rid of this fucking PTSD that she felt, but I could see it whenever whenever that would come up. That and, and Colleen's one of those people that you know is pretty good at I don't know, covering up how she really feels. But you know, in some moments where you really get the inside, like you get to see what what how it affected her, and I was like, I was stunned by it. Again being dads now and fathers yeah. i know i know colleen's father i've had interactions with him i can't even imagine what he thought yeah you know it, no, sorry I, go ahead go no ahead. i was just gonna say and how it continues like just up and along the line and uh, uh, how it was perpetuated and it's like so what happens a new pd comes in a guy like dave farrow and what do they say like is it the people above him going dave you know you're taking this job but uh you know part of this job is john derringer and uh part of that job is covering up all the uh asshole things he's going to do because we know it's going to happen so what do you do you have to buy in at that level like how this all unfolds to me is just mind-boggling yeah like do they hand they hand the new pd a file and go yeah. read this yeah. or do they just let them find out on their own and mm-hmm. then I have no idea I have no idea it's um look I want to say to the women that I know about mm-hmm. um I know about Colleen I know about Andrea I obviously now know about Jen I also know about a woman and I don't want to say her name because she came forward more than 20 years ago and I don't know where she is in her life now so you know if she wants to tell her story that's on her, but one of his former co-workers from Montreal. Again, I posted excerpts yesterday from a twenty, you know, two twenty-year-old Frank magazine editions. And you can say what you want about the magazine, but one of them was a letter from this previous uh, co-host of his in Montreal, and she referred to it as the Derringer trenches, and she referred to us as her sisters in arms. and And she sent an open letter, and she said, "You know, I'm sending this to my sisters, who I guess I've always known existed, but you know, now can put names to." And she she named myself, 
Colleen and Andrea. And then you look at the people who have worked with him since then, uh, Maureen Holloway and Jen Valentine. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the others are because I honestly, I put it behind me. When I walked, I walked and I did my solemn best to put it behind me and to not let it affect my career. Like I said, it obviously did in, in, in some way. Sure. Um, I'm happy where I am. I mean, whatever it was, I'm actually quite happy where I am. This is not a matter of bitterness or sour grapes. You couldn't pay me enough to get me to go back to radio right now with anybody. It's just, it's not my, I moved on. I have a different life now. Um, But yeah, when I think about all the people that have gone through there and it must be said, there were some guys he abused, too. Oh, no, we said that. Yeah, there are many guys. It was a couple that we know in particular. Go ahead, Freddie. He called us untrustworthy cocksuckers. Oh, yeah, that, that's what I was actually going to. I was actually going to. Again, it, this isn't us being bitter. We've told these stories on our podcast. I was going to call today's show untrustworthy cocksuckers because that's what he called us. Wow. What, oh, yeah. Wow. That's funny. Here, I wish I could have been there for that. Here's what I think is important through this. Describe. Because this is what really bothers me, because my daughter went on went through it on some level at much music. Describe that night at home and thinking about the next morning. This is what really bothers me, because obviously, like anybody he abused, but what was that like? Your life outside the radio station, because obviously you're obsessed with it and you're probably fearful of going in the next morning and nobody should live through that. First, I want to say I never thought I would be part of one of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, I have scoffed at women who talk about the difficulties We've faced it as women. And I have said, oh, please look at me. I've got a great job. I'm doing very well. I have a director's title. I have a great salary. You know, yeah, sure, there have been some difficulties, but what's the big deal? We as women can handle it. And I've done a lot of soul searching over this weekend. And um, I don't want to be a victim. I've heard other women say that, and I and I totally get it because I I don't want to be characterized as a victim. Um, but I'm starting to accept that no, it, it's yeah. I think I was just in huge denial for about sure. The things that women have gone through in in the radio industry, radio and television, and unfortunately continue to go through, and it's getting better. But there's still a lot, a lot of work to be done. Uh, but to your question. I look, I'm I'll be the first to admit I am a mouthy broad. I can be difficult for a lot of people. I'm a lot to take. That's yeah, but fine. Then, even that, but there's, no, mo- yeah. there's mouthy dudes. I, I was going to say, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, which is what made you a great broadcaster is because you got a bit of a mouth on you. You can roll with any situation. But to Fred's point, and again, as a father of two daughters, you don't need to go home and one of the things that broke my heart with Jennifer was her saying she was throwing up before she went into the studio. I'm like, listen, this is just radio is just people sitting in a room talking into a, a fucking microphone. It isn't we're not doing it isn't that great a thing. It's not it doesn't make you so special that you have to influence another person like that. But here's my theory about Jennifer versus Colleen. Now that I've spoken her name, 
when Colleen went through it, she was a, a junior broadcaster, early 20s, probably, I'm in Toronto working with John Derringer. What a break. But I remember this. I don't know if I said this to Freddie, but I remember thinking when Jennifer Valentine was hired, I thought, this will be interesting because she's not a junior broadcaster. She's got Toronto fame and notoriety. She's got years of experience. She's a pretty well-known personality on a level probably as famous, if not more well-known because of television than mm-hmm. him. And I, and I remember at the time, and I'm not just saying this now because it's come out, I just had this notion that, well, she wouldn't be somebody he could push around because she's so well-known. Well, they, they wouldn't allow this to happen to her. And there you have it. For 2,000 hours, she sat in a studio with him and the guys vaping, which is bizarre to me that they can smoke indoors. She's going to doctors. She's going to management. She's having a, a, an existential crisis. And still, this woman who's pretty famous, still they covered up for him. And that's the part that, as I say, it's not better or worse. Just I can't believe it's ha- this. Jennifer Valentine only left there within the last couple of years. Yeah, look, it's I, to, to go back to Freddie's point. I, I, I did. I would go home at night and I would beat myself up and I would ask myself, OK, what can I do differently? And, you know, even when I left, I thought I, I've, done, I've done myself in like I I did start questioning myself. I, I was a wreck. It was all of those things. Um it was horrible. It was horrible. I still even now, right? I'm going, uh, you know what? Should I say anything? Like, you, you know, just let it be gone. You moved on. You have a great life. Who cares? So you do question yourself. You do beat yourself up. Uh, it, nobody should have to feel that way because they want to go in and earn a paycheck doing something they love. And I will say he took he really took that away from me in that like I said, when I went on to CFRB, I, I wanted nothing to do with mornings. I would say, nope, I'm done. I'd rather earn less money. Um, to go to your point about Jennifer, it is astounding to me. And that is why I came out so hot on the weekends. The fact that somebody like Jennifer Valentine, all these years later, this crap was still happening right. and was still being covered up. And it was the same thing. Like so much of what she described resonated with me. And that's why I started recollecting things. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that's exactly the way he was with me. Here's the great thing about it though. It's because it's Jennifer Valentine. Yep. She's Toronto's sweetheart. Let's be clear. She's Toronto's sweetheart. Um, and you're absolutely right. Somebody like Colleen who, you know, he could have devastated And then you have someone like Jennifer. She came out. She said what she said. She's completely believable. She's completely credible. Uh, She's a sweetheart. Nobody has an unkind word to say about her. And, and, And the class with which she did that video, I think all of that is what allowed the rest of us to come out and go, yeah, yeah, we went through it too. We needed someone like Jennifer to be the person to to open these floodgates. And I, and I, by the way, I'm not taking anything away from Colleen, but when you're, you know, again, it's a different circumstance. She was at the beginning of her career. Jennifer Valentine got hired, you know, after having a very solid, you know, Toronto market career. Um, Jackie Delaney is with us, and uh, we're going to get, uh, you know... As I explained earlier, you know, we don't work for anyone but ourselves, but we do have some people that support us. So 
Just bear with us for a second, everyone. We got to take care of some business uh, because this is how we stay in business. And one of the reasons that I think it's, you know, again, Freddie and I talked yesterday. It's pretty fascinating because we don't work for anyone but ourselves. Right. And yes, uh, we, we're, we're being respectful that this is all, you know, you're telling your story. I'm relaying stories from people that worked with him. We're not saying anything that's, you know, we're not going to slander him. But you're telling a story that has been told to people in Toronto radio for a really long time. So just uh, hang on a second, everyone. We're going to get back to this fascinating tale. And by the way, we're going to do a longer show today because I want to take some time at the end to talk about another broadcaster that really touched our lives and was a, uh, a big part of our you know, development in this market. Andrew Crystal uh, died on the weekend, and it makes me sad. I'll tell you, Saturday night, I'll tell you a crazy story at the end of the show of texting with Crystal about this very story, like literally until close to midnight. Anyway, but first, let's talk about these fine folks. Freddie? Hey, you deserve uh, that peace of mind when you travel, so surf like a local with a tap of a button while you're away. Gig Sky offers a 100% data plan, maps, Uber, Instagram, all that stuff you need while traveling. A hotel, rental car, looking for things to do while traveling, it's all in your hand, okay? Download the Gig Sky app today, enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan, or visit gigsky.com for more information. If you've got chronic pain, or you're just looking for a little relief with your back, your body. I mentioned I had the kids over last night. Everyone took a turn on the the wonder that is my massage chair from Relaxacare. Go to relaxacare.ca. That's where you find out more about what's going on. You can visit them in person or order online. Everything is done in-house. Sales, admin, deliveries, all of it. And what it does is it keeps the prices down and they pass the savings on to you. And as I said, these are the lowest prices on these chairs you can find anywhere. I got to tell you, just watching, sitting in this chair, some, one of the kids said, is the novelty worn off for you yet, Papa? And I said, no. Like every day I make an appointment to go into the super pod and get a little bit of a massage. This thing is so technically advanced. Relaxacare.ca is where you find out more. All the top name brands and the biggest in Canada for wellness products as well as massage chairs, saunas, and all kind of things. Go to relaxacare.ca. Freddie, let's just do one more here so we only take a little bit of a break here. Just give me uh, one of yours and I'll do one more. Okay. And then we'll get back to Jackie. Yeah, do the Sherpa. The retirement Sherpa. Tim Blitt, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim is your guy. Works both sides of the border. Okay. Uh, So if you want to start from scratch building wealth, he's your guy. If you have a portfolio, you want somebody to have a second look at it, he's your guy. You know, he'll give you the straight goods. If he thinks uh, your current situation is fine, he'll tell you. And that'll uh, be the end of it. But if there's problems, he'll tell you that too. Tim Niblett. He's helping a lot of Humble and Fred uh, listeners uh, build wealth. RetirementSherpa.ca. 
Let's talk about the quality of your sleep. The reality is lots of people struggle with sleep and Hush, ironically enough, Hush is here to help. They're an industry leader, a sleep brand that carries a wide range of sleep essentials. You've heard of the best-selling Hush weighted blankets and mattresses. They even have their iced technology, which keeps you cool all night long, and their iced weighted blankets and their mattresses. If you're looking to improve your nightly rest naturally, Hush is the answer. And by the way, here's the coolest part. I think this is outrageous, but they're doing it. If you're not satisfied, they have a 100-night guarantee on all their products. Try it for 100 nights, return with no hassle whatsoever. It really is unbelievable. So if you're looking to upgrade your sleep, go to HushBlankets.com. And the promo code is H-U-M-B-L-E, HushBlankets.com. And H-U-M-B-L-E gets you 10% off. That is the highest discount they offer exclusively for Humble and Fred listeners. Um, there's some crazy stories. i tell you one. This is a true story, so I can tell it. We had an intern, and uh, the intern at the time, you know, there's a lot of people, Jack. You remember, there's a lot of people. We had Our studios were literally next to each other. We were on the air at Mojo, and Derringer and his crew were next door. And we had a couple of interns, and, and you know, Freddie and I, being the simps that we are, around 8 o'clock every morning, we would say to our intern, hey, listen, can you go down and grab some coffee? And there was probably five or six or seven people in our studio, similar in his, producers, writers, whatever. And, uh, oh, I should also tell you, at the time, our intern used to get a ride in to the station from Mississauga with Ryan, his intern. Right. So, so every morning around 8 o'clock... One of us would say, hey, can you go get a coffee? And, and, and we were, again, this, we were new. We were just trying to get along. So we said, hey, go ask John and his crew if they need anything. And we did this, you know, this gesture for quite a while. One day, our intern was answering the phones for a little contest that we were doing. And John sent his intern over to see if he was going to go down for coffee. And I said, no, tell John we're not doing that today because I need you in here for the next 15 minutes. Well... Apparently, John got so mad at that. This is a true story. He told our intern, or told his intern, that he couldn't give our intern a ride to fucking work anymore. And we were like, we were like, oh, yeah. We were like, what now? What? Yeah. Because it was so weird. Our, our kid came in the next morning late. And we're like, what happened? He goes, I'm not allowed to get a ride with Ryan anymore. We're like, excuse me? <laughs> you did what? Yeah, I, I, Ryan can't drive me anymore. He was banned from a ride in. So and 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 again, I'm not slandering him. That's a true story that we experienced. I shouldn't be surprised, but it's still shocking. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it, but it's so it's so par for the course. Yes. Like this is the level of pettiness and childishness and vindictiveness. Like there's this vindictiveness about this person. It's. Oh, there's there's so much. Look, I just want to say uh, I did wake up this morning and turned on the station, uh, which, by the way, I haven't can't remember the last time I ever listened to it. But I turned it on. And uh, at first I was like, oh, wow, like uh, there's no mansion. It's just music or whatever. But then I then an announcer did come on and I realized I was listening to Q107 in Alabama. Uh, so I, I changed <laughs> right. because I said, Hey Siri, play Q107 and it brought mm-hmm. up Q107 in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I finally got to the right station and, uh, he's not on the air this morning. And I thought, you know, when I moved into my new, uh, my new home, 
a couple of months ago. And I asked, I said, when is trash pickup day? And they said Tuesday. And it uh, turns out Tuesday really is trash pickup day. Yes, it is. Well, listen, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, the irony of this is to like, this is, you know, Q107, the man station, the guy station, you know. And yeah. what we learned through this is that person who sat in the chair was, you know, the guy's guy really wasn't much of a man at all. Not a man. Consider, considering how you how he he treated women. It's, it's something else. Can I just say also a, a couple of things? So I found out over the weekend that he's been fronting or raises funds or does some work for some charity called Abuse Hurts. Yeah, we've been. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it already. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? galling um the other thing is this morning i woke up and i thought wow okay he's he's off the air that's that's pretty quick there was for a split second i was impressed and then i remembered no it's been 20 years in the making there's nothing quick about it um and also you know all of the women that we're talking about um even you know colleen although she went through it like you said howard very early in her career um Myself and Andrea and Jen were all, you know, a little bit later in our career, but still, uh, it doesn't diminish what either any of us went through, uh, but we did go through it at different stages. But can I just say, not a wallflower among us. No. It's not talking about women who, you know, haven't haven't been able to find their own voice through the years. We're, we're all pretty tough strong women who have managed to you know roll with the boys we're not women who sit there and go oh boy stop it that's offensive we've we've rolled with the boys you know know when we work at rock stations what we're signing up for and everything so like i said it's not like there's a wallflower among us so consider that and also consider not one person has come to his defense no. Everybody knew instantly who Jennifer was talking about. Of course. Not one person has come to his defense. That is so telling. And the thing is, management knows it, too. And that's why I put out the Frank magazines uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. because I don't want Horace to be able to, for a split second, say the usual stuff they say. Oh, we take this matter very seriously. We're going to have to investigate. You don't have to investigate crap because you are well aware of the veracity of these claims because they've been made by, by various others for 20 years. Over 20 years. And that's why I put those out. Yeah, I, by the way, when you're, we're going to say it so long in a second. And if you wouldn't mind, because I, I was just trying to find uh, that article. I, I don't remember. I saw you. Just just put it on our Facebook when you're done so that people know what you're talking about. Because this goes back a long time, more than 20 years. And anyway, I want to just wrap up by saying that, again, it was... Uh, there's always humble and Fred luck like I put us live on the wrong facebook page for the first 25 minutes first time i've done that ever so that's humble and fred luck but it was also good humble and fred luck that you were booked on our show today and man you know i we appreciate when you come on and talk politics but knowing you as we do we really appreciate you talking about this it's i don't want to use words like brave and courageous but it is all of those things that you would speak out and and support jennifer and all the other women that have gone through this and some men too you know this will be a significant day in canadian broadcasting radio in particular because let's let let different levels i mean there have been different tyrants you know have gotten away with it have retired and oh he was a great old broadcaster oh yeah well and how did you put it um 
Howard, you don't with today's woman or something. Well, what was that phrase you you used? You know, like today's woman is too strong. You don't want to be dicking. Like yeah, through I was, the abortion. Yeah, well, thing. I, I was saying that to Fred. I said, you know, yeah. you, having daughters myself. These are not people you want to mess with in 2022. Women don't stand for this shit in 2022 anymore. And and the voices that have come out, and Jackie, you said something so telling. Other than one asshole that I saw on Twitter that was like, it's okay, John, you know, mm-hmm. these, these, look at the women. He called, you, called them ugly. I mean, this, other than the odd guy. Oh, yeah. Go check it out. Literally... <laughs> you know questioning their credibility and saying oh yeah they're ugly like seriously but other than that i've seen no support as well i know it's crazy and you know there's a there's an old saying in radio you're only as good as your call letters and i think a lot of people that have derringer stink on them will look back and think boy we should have got out from under this we would have recovered it was q107 we could have got a decent guy to sit in that chair but no you know the rush to the you know bottom line they put up with it, and now today, and again, it's just not John Derringer, and they know who they are. They have a hand in this, and shame on you. I didn't name them. Uh, I did say in my one post, I said, you know, you're lucky I'm not naming you, but you know who you are, oh, yeah. um, and, I'll, and I'll leave it at that for now. Um, I did want to make a couple of comments very quickly. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been sending messages and everything. It's uh, it's been incredible. So thank you very much. Um, I also want to say that uh, someone someone made the comment on Twitter that, oh, they'll probably just let him excuse me, go away quietly and not make any comments about that. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. Uh, Chorus owes so many people so much more than that um, than to let this go away quietly. And lastly, I want to say there were some incredible people throughout my career. John Derringer was but a blip on my radar screen Mm -hmm. when it comes to the amazing people, men and women, who I have met through my career, incredible broadcasters, talented, but also kind and generous. Stop it, Jackie. We're we're blushing, please. And I was going to say uh, amongst those are the two of you and I always think you know people are in your life at a certain time for a reason and I know this is going to sound corny and mushy but you guys were there and I don't think you realized how much of a safety net you provided for me at that time because you guys weren't able you weren't you were never witness to anything that happened so it's not like you could go and corroborate what I was saying But I always, I do remember feeling that I could walk around that corner to your studios and that was, that was, I'd be okay. And when I spent those last few weeks on your show, I knew I'd be okay. And I thank you both for that. Well, we thank you for your honesty and your uh, time with us today. And uh, the next time we talk to you, we'll go back to bashing the progressive conservatives, just like we all, you know. Uh, Jackie, thank you, my love. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It's crazy, man. Jackie Delaney, Jackie Budden on uh, Twitter. And uh, Jackie, just throw that thing up from uh, Frank Magazine up on our Facebook. There you go. Just listen to that. I mean... Another turning point, a board stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest direction. The, um, the Maureen Holloway stuff. So oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, really, because she... How strong is she that she put up with that for so long? And you always got the image that, they that was just clicking along. Oh, yeah. Well... 
Again, Maureen is. I just was checking the Facebook feed there, and I saw that Maureen had weighed in and you know said some nice stuff about us. Um, I thought the same thing. I thought, well, you know, you know, Derringer and Moe, That was the big show for a long time, and it turns out that she was going through the same thing. You know, I always thought it was a curious move when she went from mornings to afternoon. They got rid of Kim Mitchell. But it turns out she 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 basically said to them, and again, I this is allegedly because I don't have this word for word, but uh, the story goes that she was going through the same thing. We see a pattern. Wanted out of there uh, and basically gave them an ultimatum again, hearsay. She went off to afternoons. Mitchell gets turfed. And then, then Maureen gets plucked out of there by Julie Adam, who is an angel, and uh, moves on. But you, what you just said, we all just thought that was, uh, you know, they were just fine. And maybe he wasn't being that way with her. I don't know. It's just wild. There wasn't a deal. Over 20 years, not one guy with enough balls to say enough. Yeah. Principle prevails. It's crazy. Like, Really? And it's given me... Shame on you. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, it's given me, you know, on the way home yesterday, I was thinking about all the guys we worked for, because, you know, we were try- I was trying to do the timeline. Right. And we worked for all the same people. And some of those people were our friends. And again, not to take anything away, but, you know, who knows what kind of position you're in where you're like... I don't know what to do. I've got to keep my job. And an part of my job is to keep this thing on the rails. All I know is, listen, you know, we can say what you want about our show and us as people. We never caused anywhere near this trouble for anybody we worked for. And, you know, what Jackie said there at the end, it was very sweet. And, it, you know, made me tear up a little bit because, you mm-hmm. know, think Same about room. that. Like, mm-hmm. like she felt that we, you know, the dweebs and doofuses that we are, we were a little, at least we were harmless. Yeah. You know, and I can think of a few people, and again, I don't want to get into it, but a few of the people, the perpetrators, the cover-uppers, the guys with Derringer stink on them. You know, he was up there as some great broadcaster. Oh, yeah. They didn't have a lot of respect for us. One guy, again, and a couple of them, again, are, are consultants right now, and it just makes me laugh, you know? <laughs> no, I know. You know, yeah. You know, right. he, I got to, you know, I, I said, again, when I think of being on stage at his Hall of Fame, you know, night, you know, and and just what you said, you know, we was, I got the impression from a couple of those guys that, you know, we weren't in Derringer's League. And again, I don't want to sound like bitter about it, but, you know, we did this, you know, we did this running gag for a couple of years on the podcast about, you know, why aren't we in the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. But okay, forget that. But the fact that he is, <laughs> it's just sort of like sweet irony that, okay, we may not have gotten, you know, the respect of those guys, but at least we didn't, at least women aren't in therapy because of our behavior. Well, again, there's so many people that look silly through this. And I, you know, the, what's the thing called? Abuse matters? Or Enablers. No, the the, the oh, charity. Uh, charity is uh, uh, fuck it's Abu- called yeah. abuse hurts. Abuse hurts. Like how how bad do that? Like I'm not going to say how bad do they look. How bad do they feel today? How they've been duped? And then there's that 
I don't know if you have time to play. Well, I'm going to play it right now. Hang on. Play the whole thing because it's just like it's something else. It's like, how did he sit there and look in a camera and say that stuff knowing? Yeah. Here's a, a report from December of 2021. For 18 years, Q107's John Derringer has been raising funds and awareness through his holiday campaigns. From Derringer's 13 Days of Christmas to this year's festive 50-50 draw, all in support of Abuse Hurts. The fact that you trust us is really huge. Since 1993, the organization has been providing accessible support, healing, and empowerment. We help women, children, and men. To survivors of abuse across the country. What is it about Ellen and her charity that has touched your heart so deeply? Ellen deals with some very, very difficult situations. And not everybody can do that. I I couldn't personally. I I don't think I have it in me. I don't think most of us do. I think it takes a a very special person to be able to deal with people who have have been to hell and back Um, and and to hold that person's hand and bring them back. Last year, the jackpot was more than 800,000 split between the charity. Because of John and Q107 listeners, He's kept our doors open. And this man, Tom Greenwood. Yeah, high school days, started listening to Q107. A dedicated listener to Derringer in the morning. Who thinks they're going to win, you know, a lottery? It doesn't happen to everybody, so it really was a surprise. We ended up buying a house up in Minden, Ontario. Moved up there in June. It's been fantastic. Dream come true? Yeah, it really is. really is. To purchase a ticket, visit AbuseHurts5050.com. The raffle ends December 16th. What's it like sitting in this warehouse today? Something Ellen was able to rent to sort out the furniture, all the clothes, all the items that somebody needs when they're fleeing domestic abuse. And you helped to facilitate that. Oh, that's a great feeling. We're talking about the, the real necessities that I think most of us so totally take for granted. Really, really good work is being done by Ellen and the, and the folks at Abuse Hurts. And by buying a ticket, you will go a long way to ensuring that 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 really good work continues. What does John mean to you? We were just a small charity in a little room. And because of John and the listeners, we've been able to help thousands and thousands of people. My gratitude is eternal for John. <laughs> and the, the last thing that comes up on the screen is a, uh, a title that says, Hope Conquers Fear. And I'm going to tell you, you know, you've been saying this phrase, the Derringer stink, man, there's a, there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of people looking back on this thing. You know, did they do this? As we said, at the beginning, was this their charity of choice to help cover mm-hmm. up or to maybe make better? You know, it's an interesting choice for a charity. You can choose a lot of things in radio. You know, you can support a lot of things at Christmas time in radio, but that's a funny, funny, interesting choice for a radio station to make. Well, you t- you took it. Uh, uh, we mentioned you mentioned how people are put in that position, and then again to keep their job and keep things on the rail and pressures that are put on you. The current PD is a woman. I think her name's Tammy Cole or something. Again, when she took that portfolio, and nobody's going to tell me she didn't know what baggage was there. And again, a young woman, opportunity to program a big radio station, and. I guess you go into it thinking I can make a difference or I can change things, yeah. whatever. 
more. Oh, but again, I don't. And again, no fault of hers. You know, I don't no, know. No, I don't, no, not at all. I don't no. know her history. But when you're given the opportunity to be the program manager of a, a big radio station in Toronto, right. that's a big step in your career. Mm-hmm. So you take it and you find out, oh, well, there's this thing I have to manage, this smell. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, from November 7th, 2021. You know, last, uh, I guess last fall was out our 10 year. Yeah, I guess it was. And we were trying to get some coverage in the star and, you know, and, you know, no one really it didn't didn't seem to be that big a deal that we'd celebrated our 10th year of podcasting. And we got some, but, we, you know, we didn't get any from the star. But the star in November, this is the headline is John Derringer celebrates his 5000th show on Q107. Let's appreciate the DJ who's been rocking Toronto for nearly 30 years. And this is my favorite part of this. This. So the first line is in the often volatile world of radio broadcasting, there's been no greater stabilizing force in Toronto than John Derringer. The second line of the article, I can remember listening to him during his days at the Fan 590 with Pat Marsden in the 90s as an occasional break from Humble and Fred on 102.1 The Edge. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I thought, well, that's interesting. So this guy writing the article was a Humble and Fred listener. Right. And I appreciate the mention, but, you know, we were rocking Toronto for the last 32 years as well. Mm-hmm. We just... We weren't abusing people along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday night, I'm uh, at a restaurant. Go ahead. No, and I, you know, and uh, again, what he put those women's, you know, at the end of the day, you're just a dick. You're just a disc jockey. Yeah, exactly. I think you are. I mean, you're not honestly, a movie star. You're not I an mean, astronaut. I've been in this thing for 40 years, but really. What you know? What you sit behind? You sit in a chair and you blab into a microphone. It's not. It's not that profound, and it's not. It's not that earth changing or world changing. And then let, let your mind get carried away that you're more important than everybody else, and you can treat people like that. And, and you know, Jackie made a good point too. Each time he was defended, he became worse because he's thinking, "I can do anything I want, anything." And nothing's going to happen to me. In a second, I'm going to read you some texts I got Saturday night. The person who told me about this was Colleen. But the next set of texts I'm going to read you in a second mm-hmm. came from our now, you know, departed Andrew Crystal. But first, uh, I want to make sure. Oh, here we go. Hang on a second. I just want to make sure that we... Uh, Take care of uh, the sponsors because uh, we're doing a little extended mix of the program today. And uh, we're going to get backed up. We have a couple more to do. Freddie? Yes, uh, the Battle of Alberta, uh, Darren. Or, uh, Darren. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. And um, Howard. Uh, Battle of Alberta. <laughs> Wait a minute. After mm-hmm. all these years, this is the mm-hmm. abuse. I'm, I'm being abused now. You don't know my name? Mm hmm. Uh, no, the Battle of Alberta uh, tonight. Uh, the Oilers, okay, they are the favorite. Uh, minus 120 against the Flames. This has really turned around. Uh, you know, superstar, uh, you know, Connor McDavid, he's, uh, listen, he's played the way we wanted Austin Matthews to play. 
against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But anyway, the Oilers are minus 120, a uh, six and a half. Uh, that's the puck line is uh, six and a half, the over and under. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From our industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, to our fully loaded casino and race book, we've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yeah, man. I know. If I had a mouse, I'd be already reading this. Gaps in your diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 90% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. 95% not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. I'm telling you. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women aged 18 plus. It's formulated with the nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. The result, essential for women 18 plus, was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%, omega-3 DHA levels by 41%. It really is the industry standard ritual is committed to third-party testing, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communications. Right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash this is the second time today I've bashed my own microphone. Mm-hmm. Visit ritual.com slash H-U-M-B-L-E and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash H-U-M-B-L-E. Okie dokie. So as I mentioned, uh, where did you hear about this, by the way? I never asked you that yesterday when we were talking. What was the first alert you got? Um, was uh, Brother Bill, Neil Morrison. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Texted me, and I forget how the message went. And I, anyway, he said, you got to watch the Jennifer Valentine's thing. And I got Valentine thing, and I, and I think I said to him, why? And he said, just watch it. So. Mm-hmm. That was that. That was my alert. So, uh, yeah, Colleen texted me first. Um, I'm just telling Dan. Right, we're gonna we're gonna keep going here for a bit. Um. So Colleen texted me. I'm just trying to find it. How it started. Mm-hmm. Yes. She texted me the um, Jackie Delaney's post <clears throat> from Facebook. So she texted a screen cap of Jackie Delaney posting Jennifer Valentine's video. Mm-hmm. And this is Saturday night at 8. And her post to me was, or text to me was, it's finally done. And I got it the worst. And I can't say or do anything about it. But this has to be it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote her back. I said, I saw this and immediately thought of you. This prick should have been canceled long ago. Stay strong, my lovely friend. And then we went back and forth a little bit. And I sort of was like, okay. We continued. I was out with four guys from the golf tournament I was in, and we're just sort of having dinner. And then I saw this note at 10 o'clock at night. And the timeline's important because Andrew died 
Andrew Crystal died after the last text he sent me. And I don't know if he was, it's sort of weird. Andrew writes, Derringer will be fired next week. And I didn't know who it was because it was a different number. And he says, Andrew Crystal here. Hashtag me too finally caught up with him. I wrote back not a minute too soon. And I said, fuck this guy. And he goes back and forth with me. He says, we all had to take sensitivity training on in 2004 because he farted in Jackie Delaney's face. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but that's classic crystal, right? Exactly. <laughs> I laugh when I saw that because I don't know. It's just his way of his his perspective is funny. He said, I just tried to call you. If it's too late to call, I can try you tomorrow. This is Andrew Crystal. This is now 1015 at night. And then he screen he, he sends me or he posts uh, cut and paste the Twitter thing with Jennifer Valentine. And he says, that's what started the House of Cards falling. Maureen Holloway. Uh, Aaron Davis, all are chiming in against JD because of Jen. And I say to him, I'm out with friends, but let's catch up soon. Also, fuck that guy. And then he writes back, he's done. Jen V killed him tonight. Hmm. Isn't that... And then he comes back. She doesn't mention him by name, but he's mud everywhere. And that was at 1042... Mm-hmm. So I saw that and I didn't respond. I mm-hmm. went home. I went to bed. I was probably asleep by 1130. I turned my phone off. And the next morning, mm-hmm. I open up my phone and I see that he's continued to text me. One text says, I need to visit. The next says, and this is at 1148 at night. Mm-hmm. The next one was, Miss Talking, I adore your talent and person. And then I get this note from Boone just before you and I talked to you yesterday morning, I uh, talked to you yesterday morning, and it said, Andrew Crystal's dead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? So apparently, at some point after that text, at 11.48 Saturday night, Andrew went out. I can't remember if it was Mike who told me this, that he went out to get a coffee or he went out to get a, for a walk and had a heart attack and died. I don't know. I don't know why, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we, we weren't best friends, but you and I and Andrew go back, you know, we go back a long, long time. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, right back to, what, the late 90s, right? No, man, earlier than that. Like, he was, uh, in, in our, on our, on our, the cover of our CD, number one in 97, right. Andrew was already a staple, <clears throat> excuse me, on our show. Right. He came to us in the early 90s. Of the very first appearance in was. In Brampton? No, wow. in Toronto. By the, I should say that. He, the first okay, time he was well, on, we didn't go to Toronto until 96. 95. 95 or 96. <laughs> so I guess the year before our, our, our CD, he started coming on our show. Okay. <laughs> as a rep for an entertainment magazine whose name I can't remember. And he used to come on. And we right away knew he was a character. And that's what we loved at the time, is we collected a bunch of people that became characters on our show. And Andrew was one of them. But man, he developed into such a unique and great broadcaster. Just a fucking great, great... Like, so different than your average talk guy in Canada. He was too much for Canada. Yeah. He, he, he really was. Remember, we used to tell him all the time, get an American agent. Try and go to the States because you're too much for this country. Yeah. 
You know, because he was. I mean, you and I both said that. He was the best talk show host in the country. You know, and when he died, he had a show at uh, Canada Talks on Sirius XM, which is sort of sad because, you know, that virtually has no listeners. But, um, and I don't know if he did it daily or weekly. And I heard it a few times, and it was the same, just very, very interesting delivery and always a great spin on stuff and asking questions that wouldn't normally be uh, been asked. He really was unique. Yeah, you know, I remember before we worked at Mojo, I happened to turn, we, we'd been hired, and I don't know if the people had, the announcement had been made, but I remember listening, because I, so, 97, 98, we continued on at the edge, 2000, <laughs> 2001, we, we get hired at Mojo, so I'm listening to the station, and I hadn't, I had sort of lost touch with him, and I didn't realize he had been hired to do I think maybe a one-hour show at Mojo, and I happened to turn it on, and at first I didn't recognize him. I thought it was some big-shot, syndicated American talk show. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be Crystal, with that unique delivery, Crystal Nation. And and I remember saying to him after, I gave him this compliment. I said, Andrew, I had no idea that was you, but I got to tell you, that's one of the best things. And I was just getting into talk radio at the time, and like I was so impressed with him because he was doing this show by himself, which is not easy. Talk radio on your own is very difficult. I was always lucky to have you. I don't know that I could do this without you know having somebody to have a conversation with, but he was so good at it and so crazy. I got a note from our friend Danny Kingsbury. We were going back and forth about Crystal. You know, I was saying I heard the news and Danny said to me, he worked for me in Halifax, super talent. And I liked him a lot. Crazy as hell. But and I go, I'm yes to crazy. All the good ones are. And he was Mm -hmm. like (laughs) he was so funny and weird and different and unique. When he was in Halifax, he had a very popular talk show there. Yes. And I was still in communication with him. And I was talking to him one day, and we were, and I don't know how the idea was hatched, to be honest. But he used to talk about Halifax issues, and he told me how much the people in the East Coast didn't like Central Ontario and Toronto. So we developed this, uh, this character called uh, Fred from Ontario. Right. So whenever he would talk about East Coast things that sort of had a, a national flavor to them, he would send me what the show was going to be about, and then he would take the call, and I would be Fred from Ontario, and I would be this big mouth guy from all that mattered was Toronto and Ontario, <laughs> and you people out east have no idea what you're doing. If it wasn't for us, you wouldn't be able to eat. <laughs> and he, and it, it created quite a stir. Like, And obviously, he, 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 his listeners never knew, obviously, that it was... A character, and we had arranged the whole thing. But yeah, like every couple of weeks, he'd call me, and I would be Fred from Ontario, and he would show me the emails he would get about how much people despise me, don't have that guy on anymore. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've, and I feel bad now for sending some of those messages. I just, <laughs> I just, I thought I didn't know it was you. I was like, who's that prick? Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't want to miss how kind he was to us and and you know as kooky as he was you know like uh, we had sort of joked freddie and i yesterday because 
Listen, the guy was 63. He had a heart, a massive heart attack. But we've known this guy for over, well, since 1996, as you say. And never was a time he wasn't sweating, wheezing, or coughing. (laughs) I said to you, like, I was shocked that he died. But not really surprised. And it mm-hmm. reminded me of that line from the movie City Slickers when Jack Palance's character dies. And one of the other guys says, yeah, but he ate bacon for every meal. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like my impression of Andrew. You and I used to be like, we'd look at him in our studio and he would just be, you know, spitting and, and, and frothing at the mouth and sweating. And he would literally be, it was just frenetic. But man, it was so entertaining. I got to admit, for a while there, for a couple of years, when my phone would ring and I saw it was him, I wouldn't answer it. Same with me. I'm going to be honest, because I knew when I picked it up, it was good for 20, 25 minutes, and a lot of it would be nonsense. Yeah. Making noises and and corny jokes. And and in retrospect, you feel a bit bad for that. But it was just at the time, it's like, I don't have time for Andrew. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I would literally do that. I'd say, okay, do I have Andrew Crystal time? Because it wasn't a quick catch-up. And that's why, you know, at some point Saturday night, I said, I'm, I'm out with friends. I can't go back and forth anymore, but let's catch up soon. Well, another thing he did for me, I was in Peterborough, and I, I, it, I was thinking, I got to get out of here. This is, I was being micromanaged, oh, like so many others by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I got to get out of here. And I told Andrew, I'm not happy here in Peterborough. I'm probably going to quit in September. And he was doing the fan morning show and um, asked them, would they consider having me as his co-host or do the show with him? And I went down and did an audition and it went pretty well. And the next week he was fired. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I'd forgotten that, too. You were telling mm-hmm. you reminded me of that mm-hmm. yesterday. It's like, yeah, that's right. You were going to do the show with him. You know, we... I don't know that we were, I definitely could, would say, and, and he would say that we were instrumental. We certainly gave him an entree into the broadcast world, but boy, we may have cracked the door a little bit for him, but like I said, that, that first time I heard him at 640, it wasn't even called Mojo then, it was called, uh, what the fuck was it called? Talk 640. Talk 640. Funny, that was Talk 640, 640 but the Q Morning Show was the really the real toxic mm-hmm. environment. But I just remember that thinking, wow, you know, this guy's got big time radio chops and he just got better and better. And the funny thing about Andrew is he could talk, you know, I've, I've been to his, as you have, I'd been to his home a few times. In fact, I was at his New Year's Day levy that he, it's what it was called. And he would have all these people. This is another thing about Andrew. He wasn't just sort of known in radio circles. He was a marketing guy. And I remember this was just a couple of years ago. On New Year's Day, I went to his place. He lived in the penthouse of the Manual Life building. And I was walking in as Hazel McCallion <laughs> was walking out. I'm like, right. how the fuck does Crystal know Hazel McCallion well enough that she pops into his place on New Year's Day? Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that he always had a special um, place in his heart for us. He just did. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a drag. It was. Good friends with Bob McCown. Too. Yes. I, I have to talk to Bob and see how he feels about this. They were good friends. Here's a... Um, and, you know, his sweet wife, Michelle. Oh, I, my God. I know. I wonder. 
I don't know. Funeral arrangements have not been announced, but we'll have to keep our eye on that. Here's a, a clip from uh, Toronto Mike. <clears throat> I said to uh, Mike, I said, listen, we're not going to have our intern on tomorrow, but see if Kyle would uh, find a, a little clip of Andrew uh, on your show, uh, maybe making some reference to us. Uh, Nobody can take over for Humble and Fred. Humble Howard is uh, both Humble and Fred. Uh, Fred is a fantastic broadcaster, but Humble Howard is a extremely good and rich talent. He is a very bright guy. And in the 90s, um, he was unstoppable as a, you know, everything is time and place. But mm-hmm. the fact that he's so talented, he can reinvent himself, uh, his sense of performance. He was the first person to say to me, uh, Andy, used to call me Andy, we, uh, we're ourselves. We're the same people on the air as off the air. So don't be, don't be phony. Because you got to have a sense of humor. You have, to have, you, have to, you have to have it all. You have to cry on the air. You have to, uh, when my mother was dying, I remember being on antidepressants and discussing it on the air. I mean, I don't know, it was great. Um, but you have to have a range. Humor, conflict, empathy, information. And most talkers don't give you all of those. And the way it works in this business is you either fire them or they fire you. You either know when to leave, make the right moves, or forget it. Uh, anyway, so mm-hmm. that's our boy. Uh, I did make a joke, actually, about his uh, passing. Because <laughs> uh, Boone told me, he said, uh, yeah, I think Andrew um, was going out for a coffee. And I said, well, that's weird because he texted me at like, you know, 10 minutes to midnight. I said, that must have been a weird order. You know, you go to Starbucks and they say, would you have a, a coffee, please? And they're like, uh, do you want me to leave any room? And Andrew would have been, yeah, could you, could you leave in a little room for a heart attack? <laughs> could you leave some room for a heart attack? Because I'm about to have one. He fucking had a heart attack and died again. Shocking, but not completely surprising. But man, what a fucking guy he was. Yes, he was. And again, just way too much for. Yeah. Again, he was way too much for the program directors across Canada and the talk stations. Nobody really wanted to take a chance with that. And uh, once he had established who he is and what he was and what he was all about, and it's too bad because uh, you know the uh, the country was sort of robbed of that. Yeah, there's you know again. Anytime his name would come up, and I and I came up a lot because you know oh, yeah, we're f- a lot of programmers. I remember talking to, like, I remember even maybe I would have asked Ben Dixon, but I remember having a conversation with somebody like, why isn't this guy like on at the time on ten ten like the big talk station? Kind of as you say, it's almost like an opportunity missed. And he had some success, but not the national success. Like who's that doofus out of Winnipeg, um, Charles Adler? I, I mean. This guy wiped the floor. He's not even in the same category. Or Roy Green. All those it's idiots. All good, but not, not fine. What, what is it? You know, on the did you see that little clip from the pentatherin? Is that pentatherin? Yeah, pentaverit um, or something. The Mike Myers thing. Anyway, um, 
when Mike Myers was talking about Canada, and again, I'm not sure exactly. He said something like, in, in Canada, if you have confidence, it's like, who do you think you are? Right. In yeah. the United States, if you have confidence, it's like, hey, what else you got? Exactly. Right? And I think that applies to Andrew Crystal. He was just a little too hot to handle for these people. Yeah, that's true. He was uh, he was a lot, and like, and I, I. It's funny you said that about him seeing the number of Andrew. I'm like, I don't know, man. This because if you pick up the phone, dude, you're in for a bit of a ride, oh, and yeah. hard to get off the phone. Remember that laugh he used to put on too. <laughs> but you know what I mean about hard to get him to hang up, hard to get him to. Oh, I, yeah, Andrew, yeah. I, I was you saying, Andrew, I gotta go. I gotta go. You know, I love you. You know, I love you. You know, yeah. and I'm, oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm that click, that clit, that clit, <laughs> that clip, <laughs> that clip broke me up because he was like that all the time with me. Mm-hmm. He was always, uh, he was so good to me. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Dan Duran is back, everybody. We're not doing the news today, but if we did, if we were doing the news, it would have been brought to you by HealthGage. HealthGage.com is where you go to get the Humble and Fred uh, discount. H- Humble and Fred HG, by the way, is that uh, 15% off at checkout. HealthGage Phoenix, that's what we're all wearing. You know what? I can't say this, but maybe if Crystal had one of these things, he would have seen his blood pressure spiking. It's going to save a life. HealthGage.com, Humble Fred HG for 15% off at checkout. Uh, and check out this bit Here's of audio. In your commute again. Do you Ugh. find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And what about I, you? Are you good? Are you finished or uh, yeah, I've lost yeah, track? So I'm, no, no, I'm finished. Okay. Um, got this email from John Paul. Remember, we ran the Humble and Fred show in Peterborough. Yes. He owns the, the network or the stringer radio stations right across Ontario. The My stations. My FM, yeah. My FM, he says, uh, yo, Fred, caught about 30 minutes of your show today. Well done. Very balanced. Tip of the cap to you and humble. Keep on rocking in the free world, um, which is very nice. Yeah, I, I just checked uh, when I was checking the Facebook stream. I saw there's some nice comments, but one of my favorites was from David Marston. I thought, oh, Mar-, I saw something. I said, oh, Marston's made a comment on your live stream. And you know what his comment was? Hey, Freddie, your hair is about getting almost as long as mine. <laughs> uh, I'd leave it to Marsden to put it all in context. But um, I, I sit here thinking, too, you know, we've mentioned a lot of the people we worked for and we're all part of this. And again, I'll use it again. The Derringer stink. Like, what happens now if you're ex- you know, whatever. And people say to you, hey, wait a minute, you you had uh, Derringer. What did you know? What did you know about this? What do you say? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, because, well, hey, uh, yeah, he was your guy for a while. Like, uh, what did you know? What did you do? How did you handle that? Wh- what do you say? Well, like I said, or one of my first comments was this is a Toronto radio secret that mm-hmm. everyone's known for at least 20, 22 years. We got hired there in 2001. And we uh, started working in the same building as him. And everybody knew it. 
Anyway, uh, well, there's your what a, what a uh, sort of tale of two different men. And I'm glad we got a chance to celebrate Andrew. We'll talk, you know, there, I, I want to tell some more Andrew stories the next couple of days if I can think of some because he really was unique and really just a really sweet heart, you know. Like Andrew, here's the thing about Andrew I also remember. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew is as bombastic as he was and as outrageous as the stuff he said on our show. Mm-hmm. But man, he, he never meant anyone any harm. He, he didn't have a, he wasn't a, and you know what? I think sometimes the world bewildered Andrew. You know what I mean? Like, he, mm-hmm. I, but he certainly wasn't, he would, he wasn't going around meaning anyone harm. He didn't would shit talk people like the rest of us, but I mean, not, he wasn't out to hurt anyone. <laughs> you talk about that penthouse too. There was a time I'm going to tell you back in the early two thousands. He called me up one day, you know, he was out at 640 and he was struggling a bit. And he asked me if I, he could lend, if I could lend him some money. And I did not a lot. And maybe three, four years later, I'm walking into his, uh, his penthouse at the top. of <laughs> That, what is it? Manual life center right there. Manual at and, uh, Charles, Man- yeah. and I said, oh, boy, you've come a long way. <laughs> never, offered, never offered the money back. <laughs> no. yeah. Here's how funny Fred is. Fred and I are talking, and uh, we're talking about Crystal. And Fred's last three still owes me a hundred buck. <laughs> no, I'm never. Get, no, I'm not getting that back. Because he he phoned me one day, and he was rather distraught. We were at the um, we were at the mix at the time. I remember meeting him at the street corner there at St. Clair and Young, and going over to the bank machine and saying, "Give me two hundred. I said, "No, I'm only going to give you a hundred." <laughs> You know, it's this with between friends. It's not always, but here, 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 have a hundred bucks. Oh, well, that's too bad. Um, okay. And, and, you know, and glad that I could help at that particular moment. But again, it took me off. You know, it was just, it was like, boy, somebody can be in this position. You know, you want to help out, but at the same time, what's he going through? Well, what a show. Uh, thanks to Jackie, and uh, thanks to everyone. I'm sorry about the screw-up with uh, the Facebook Live. If you're listening to the podcast, it'll mean, it's meaningless, because it, I did press record. Um, and uh, we'll continue with our regularly scheduled programming uh, tomorrow. And in the meantime, here's the uh, Delta Tones. Did we ever abuse you, Dan? <laughs> Actually, no, the only abuse, what, if the abuse, here's the thing. With Humble and Fred, the abuse you hear is on the air. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Dan's going to go to a human rights tribunal. Oh, yeah, these guys are always talking about how big my hog is. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Time Dr- I fell off the chair, and they made fun of me for years. That's right. Oh, my God. Here's Dan, and we'll see everyone tomorrow. This emotional episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Hush Blankets, Relaxacare, and our newest returning sponsor, DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, embrace every goddamn day. Like and subscribe. Destination a little up the road from the
the habitations in the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that? 